Come with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going safe It's not safe Before you cross me Look both ways Leaving the scene With no trace None in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top I'm out of space Can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going State to state your host your boy george mckay and i'm back it's another one it's one of those weeks where why have one when you can have two vidcasts that's right two vidcasts so this one is going to drop on the thursday after vidcast 90 this is vidcast 91 and who else to be number 91 as we go towards 100 other than my good friend one half of gsw's ownership if you will that's global syndicate wrestling back again for the third time won't be the last for the third Brandon Iskari. How are you, my brother? I'm doing great, George. Thank you so much for having me back as always. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm honored to, uh, I'm honored that you took the time out to come back on the show. It's always great to have two or three or four or five or 12 conversations because you can always find out something a little bit different. There's always layers to discover and discuss. And I think in this one, we got a lot of good things that uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, first off is, uh, as we know now, when this drops, restrictions, at least in Ontario, will be kind of 90% open, uh, capacity limits are gone, vaccination proof uh, requirements are gone over here anyways. How are things stateside? Are things starting to open up? Can we expect to, are you guys already there at that point or are you still kind of where we're at? So it really depends on where you are. Um, in major cities, you're looking at um, proof of vaccination to enter a lot of buildings um, or mass requirements. A lot of venues you go to, if you're vaccinated and can show proof, you don't have to wear a mask. And a lot of places, if you are not vaccinated, a mask required or usually for like theater and performance and stuff like that. So a, a wrestling show would fit in that category. It's not allowed at all. You have to be vaccinated. But then if you go to like Jersey, for instance, almost anywhere in Jersey, it's not really a big deal. They don't ask too many questions, um, but it, it really depends on where you are. Suburbs, not much of an issue, but any of like the higher crowded areas, you're going to have that issue. Absolutely. Now, the first conversation that we met, we talked about starting a wrestling company in the early stages of a pandemic, but you guys kind of pushed through. You had couple great successes. Uh, both pay-per-views I watched, I loved. I loved both of them. And High Voltage, I love the weekly episodic stuff you guys were doing. And also that epic two-nighter that was completely free on YouTube. I don't know what the fuck you guys were thinking, giving that away for free. But you did. I appreciated it, but you did. But what, what has it been like? I mean, there's a lot of juicy stories I do want to get into, but most or I guess my first question, what has it been like kind of running a wrestling company in, in a pandemic. I mean, this will never be experienced again, nor will it ever happen again, at least in our lifetimes. So what's that been like? Well, we certainly hope it won't happen again in our lifetimes. Uh, that's fingers, crossed, fingers and fingers toes crossed. crossed. Yeah. Um, it certainly came with its challenges. Um, and one announcement that I would like to make at this point is we are currently going on a long-term hiatus. So for the foreseeable future, we will not be running any shows. Um, I don't know when that's going to change. Uh, a lot of it is because of the learning experiences that we've had. A lot of it might be because of the coronavirus. A lot of it might be because we've had some issues along the way that might have hurt us when it came to taking off. But in general, running a professional wrestling company in general has been a wonderful experience. I've enjoyed a lot of it. 
uh, it definitely taught me a lot of things that I thought I knew going into it and realized I didn't know <laughs> and very quickly found out on my dollar. So I learned those lessons quickly, thank God. And um, But all in all, it was it was a very good experience. And I do hope that we are able to build back to a time where in the near future, maybe we were able to run again. Absolutely. I think you totally will. You've got one heck of a roster. I've had appearances by like, Will Alday was there. A uh, Geo was the former next gen champion, uh, lost that title. Um, you've had Josh Alexander. You had Chris Dickinson. You had Matt Cross. You, uh, Alex Hammerstone's your champion, Jacob Fatu, Austin Aries, uh, which without, uh, you know, you guys hooking me up with Geo, Austin would have never sat down with me for a conversation. So I owe GSW a big uh, thanks and gratitude for that because that was an amazing conversation. But I mean, the roster that you have is strong. The roster that you've built is strong. The storylines that you've kind of developed are strong. And I don't think uh, that I don't think that for a second when you return, you'll lose any fans. If anything, excitement will be gained for sure, at least from my end. I got to make when you guys do come up, I tell you right now, boom, passport's going to be checked in order. And I'm making my way out to Jersey for sure for the next one, 100 percent. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it's one of those things where I I think when I started this, I didn't want to be somebody who ran on empty promises. And I wanted to make sure that we backed up everything that we said we were going to do. And we certainly, to the best of our ability, tried to back it up. I think we said we were going to run a series of shows that people at our level have never seen before. And by level, I mean like where we are as a brand new company and what other companies at our scale are able to produce. We wanted to show people that we were really serious and putting our best foot forward. And I think we did. Um, but I also question... Uh, as a learning curve on my side, if the shows we were running right out of the gate were sustainable. And I think that's one of the issues that we had um, because as great as your, your Dickinson's and your Alexander's and Aries and everybody is ultimately, ultimately it falls on the, the company to get people to know about them. So we banked on every famous person's following to automatically, well, oh, you know, this person has 100,000 followers. So obviously 100,000 people are going to, you know, they're all going to tune into GSW. It doesn't work that way in real life. So we learned very quickly that just having a card full of big ticket names does not mean you're going to sell, you know, 10,000 live streams or something like that. And I think that's one of the things that as we continued, we realized maybe, you know, instead of having eight people that are, you know, really big names, maybe we could just have two. I don't know financially if it makes much of a difference in terms of what our ticket sales would be, um, especially at a smaller stage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I completely understand that. I mean, uh, dollars have to make sense and cents have to translate into purchases. Cents have to make. I disagree. Cents have to make dollars. That's how you'll be successful. If dollars make sense, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yes. Sense has to make dollars. I retract my statement there. Look, the host is wrong. Sometimes people, I get things wrong and it takes bigger men like Brandon to bring me back down to earth. I know this. That's why we're friends and we are legitimately friends. We talk on a regular basis, uh, personal stuff. We talk movies, we talk everything. And we're going to get into some movie talk too. Cause I got a fun game that I think you'll want to play with me, uh, when it comes to uh -oh. the movie trivia. So we're going to get into that a little bit later on the show. But yeah, you're oh boy, right. it abs. Oh yeah, yeah don't worry. You, you, we're gonna be okay, Brandon. You and I got enough knowledge in here, useless film knowledge, that will translate into guaranteed uh, victory, most likely for you, because the guest okay. always wins. Always, I can't lose. 
I can't win. I mean, okay. it's not fair. It's not fair. I have to yeah, win. but the dealer never loses. You know that. That's true. All right. Well, we'll have to see how it works. You always got to bet. In the words of Wesley Snipes, you always got to bet on black. What movie's that from? Warm up question. Got to bet on black, Wesley. I'm. I'm not gonna even try. Blade. Passenger I don't know. Fifty seven. Okay, I never saw it. I'm in trouble. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good movie. It really sucks. It's actually <laughs> trash. It really is bad. Oh, man. Okay, but yes, you're right. Things have to translate, and they have to be profitable. And if you're bringing in all these big names, expecting to draw big numbers, and those big names, ne'er say, don't put enough promotion behind it, don't say, hey, guys, I'm going to be here. You know, check it out. Tune in. Price point's great, 14 bucks. Then that doesn't translate for you. At the end of the day, they're still going to get paid sometimes paid right out of pocket where the company mm-hmm. would make almost nothing because you have to cover the stars that you bring in. Whether it's a loss, you have to take that loss on the chin and you have to bankroll the back end of it, which is unfortunate. Really, it is. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and that definitely is something that caught up to us as time went on. And one thing, if I could give advice to people who are trying to run a professional wrestling company, um, a lot of times, and same thing you're seeing now with a couple of new companies, uh, like Control Your Narrative, I think, is this new thing that's starting up. And right out of the gate, they're promising, like, oh, TV deal. And, you know, uh, there have been plenty of people that are like, oh, yeah, new upstart indie company that's got TV. Yeah, that's that's really, I'm sure it's going to happen. And, yeah, we did the same thing. We said it. And I had connections, and it didn't happen. So, I don't know who they know, but I work in the film and TV industry and they loved our product. I showed it to executives from Netflix, NBC, Viacom. The problem is, is they want to see if it's a long term sustainable company. Um, So you don't get TV out of the gate unless, you know, you're a multi-billionaire that's already affiliated with other billion dollar entities that I'm not pointing fingers by any means. Yeah, (laughs) no, no. you you and those eyebrows. Stop that. Um, But my advice would be you have to think at the end of the day, what are the three letters at the end of your company name? LLC, limited liability company. And if you are any business, and especially in professional wrestling, there are a lot of opportunities to get sued. So you should be an LLC. Anybody who just runs on hot dogs and handshakes, not a good idea. But when you think about limited liability company, I am an LLC. That means I am a business. I have to file taxes. I have to pay taxes. I have to show my profit and loss. I have to find out what my gross and my net is. Well, when you think about all those things, then all of a sudden, the creativity that drove your passion to do this business also has to turn into this long-term survival strategy. And sometimes there, the creative element has to be sacrificed for the business side of it because as much as good intentions are that I want to put on the show that's like my wet dream from when I was 12 years old, maybe it's not going to make any money and then I can't even continue to run anymore. And those are things that I think when people are starting out in the industry, they forget that they are also a business. And it's important to your success and same thing right now. We're deciding to take a step back, not because we can't afford to do our next show, but because if it's not successful in three months or six months or whatever, then we're dead. So until we're at a point where we can say, no, I think for a consistent, sustainable amount of time, we'll be able to run to really get this off the ground. We would just be doing ourselves an injustice. I I can totally agree with that. And I can sympathize with that. And it's unfortunate as a fan of the product to hear that, but it's the harsh reality. It's the hard truth. It's the straight talk truth. 
that's what we do here. We speak honest, we speak real. And um, it's unfortunate to hear that, but I understand. It's interesting that you point out because you're right. Like me, myself, I've always fancied myself as, oh, I'm an armchair booker. I know exactly how the product's going to be successful. And every kid has that ultimate... Uh, ultimate pay-per-view that they want to put on now mind you as i got older the stars changed the the wrestlers changed because i i couldn't i couldn't book hulk hogan to verse the rock hulk hogan can't even take a shit properly on the toilet these days so i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna book that match because i already know what's gonna happen it's gonna be four minutes long and it's gonna suck but yeah i could i could book i could book say a josh alexander versus a davy richards for 20 minutes long and then they hit the time limit and now I know that, hey, I can get people's eyes back here because I can book an Iron Man match. I can book a 60-minute, and I know these two are going to put on a show because they know how to wrestle. But not all matches turn out that way. And there may be some guys that you bring in that have off nights. You know me, Brandon, I'm honest. The last event, the two-nighter, I pointed out on night one that I thought Wrecking Ball Ligurski just phoned that match in. I thought he did not have the uh, decency for who he was facing. Cause I thought he was focused on moose. He was focused on night two. And I said that in my review, I said, I loved every match that happened, but wrecking ball Ligurski can just suck an egg because he just phoned that one in. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to pick fights with anybody. I'm not saying that he's not a talent. He is, but I felt that first night he phoned that in. He just went through the motions and he didn't give me as a fan that hundred percent that you should be giving me. You know what I mean? Am I wrong mm. to say that? Um, I mean, there's more that went into that specific situation than just that. Um, okay. And I will say a lot of it had to do with a potential mild concussion at the start okay. of the match. Okay. That was had nothing to do with, you know, he didn't know where he was after that match. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, and thankfully, it ended up not being a long-term injury. Uh, and he was able to come back the next day. So I don't think that was his fault at all. Okay. But just as, you know, a, a promoter, I can tell you for sure that it had nothing to do with that. And Wrecking Ball Ligurski is one of the, the best performers that I've seen in our company. Um, and it definitely was, there was more to it than just, you know, he wasn't phoning it in. Uh, obviously, Moose was the holy grail. I agree with you on that point. 100%. That was by far like the biggest challenge of his career at the time. And he was very excited for that match. Um, but there was more that went into it where, you know, it, it could have been a serious injury in that match. Well, that's good to know. Then I, I, I guess I kind of feel bad for the words that I spoke. And again, I'm okay with being corrected because there's more than that. And there's also a lot of backstage controversy that happens and challenges with promotions. Uh, obviously, I think yeah. you know where I'm going with this. Let's talk Gabby Ortiz. We know her side of things, but I don't think GSW has ever had a platform to speak their side. So free reign, Brandon, go ahead. Are you familiar with the story at all? I don't mind a refresher. I don't mind a refresher. I know okay. I remember tidbits, but I could go for a quick refresher for sure. So it, it was never that we didn't have a platform. I would say that I don't like to engage in drama. So I don't really... You know, if somebody had a bad experience, wants to run their mouth and, you know, change some of the stuff I say or, you know, delete some sections and post about what makes them look right. I really don't care. But, you know, in hindsight, I guess it's probably it really is one of those things where it's like, all right, we have booked some people that had some baggage behind them, not Gabby, uh, some other 
talent that we got a lot of backlash for booking. I won't name names. And that might have hurt us as we were growing in the beginning. Uh, a lot of active wrestling fans have opinions about them. And then there's situations like the Gabby Ortiz one where somebody who is currently well-liked in the industry says bad things about you and then their friends and boyfriends and all that other stuff now are like trashing you, don't work with them, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was um, at Inception, Gabby and Vicky had a match. And after watching that match, I personally felt that she was a horribly unsafe worker. Half the match was botches. Um, and I'm concerned about my other talent's safety. I don't think she's somebody who should be wrestling other people because it's just a risk to people's safety. Um, but we did decide that we wanted to work with her for multiple shows. So I figured, okay, let's move her to the pre-show and have her work against some really known safe people, try to polish her up a little bit and make sure that, you know, we try to support the people that we wanted to commit to in the beginning. I also like to run my company as a professional, which is really weird in this industry. I like to have handwritten, uh, not handwritten, typed out agreements that both parties sign saying, you know, I don't want to leave anything in the air. It's not a hot dog handshake type of environment. It's very, you know, here's the paper that says, you know, you're going to wrestle for this, this day. And I always put in there, if for any reason you get an opportunity, whether it's like a WWE tryout or, you know, a chance to go on AEW Dark, I have no problem with you canceling on us and taking that opportunity because we want to support you in your career. Just give us 30 days of notice. And same thing from us. If we want to cancel on you for whatever reason, we will give you 30 days of notice. Otherwise, you'll be compensated. So as we're moving through, um, we're getting to Catalyst, our next show after Inception. And the venue is run by people who are like 150 years old. So I was a little concerned about where the show, you know, how late we were going to go starting at eight. We really don't get done till like two. I'm like, well, maybe we'll make it an hour earlier. But honestly, that was just my excuse to get her off the show. Um, I didn't feel safe having somebody there who I felt was a dangerous worker, uh, whether it's true or not. That's my personal opinion about it. And so it was maybe 35 or 40 days before the show took place. I just reached out to her and said, hey, you know, we're moving the show an hour earlier, so we're cutting the pre-show. And, um, you know, we'd like to maybe work with you again on the future dates. We'll let you know. How could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, uh, how am I supposed to find a replacement gig? Whatever. So, look, I'm a freelancer. I've been freelancing my entire life. Usually people give me two or three days notice with no payment at all. I'm giving you 30. So I just responded and said, I appreciate whatever. Um, but 30 days is plenty of time to find work, as stated in the agreement that both of us have signed. And, you know, out of respect just for the situation, I could easily show the contract that she signed where it clearly says 30 days and put all of that stupidity to rest. Um, but I chose not to whatever. I didn't expect it to go to Twitter and Instagram and all this where it's like, well, all right, blur out everything except for oh, 30 days is enough time to find another job. And then they go on their little keyboards and they say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, who are you to say 30 days is not enough time to find a job? And then literally the next day she already found another gig. So it's like, what difference does it make? But it, it's just something that like, okay, well then LSG finds out and then all of her other friends. And then we reach out to a couple people that we wanted to work with who's friends with her. So then 
they really don't want to work with us because they heard bad things like, oh, they might cancel within a month and a half. God forbid. Oh, no. The end of the world. I mean, what else can you say? Oh, they were assholes? No. We paid you on the day of the show before she had her match. She was paid, mind you. So we were always good about payment. I have never bounced a check on anybody uh, like other wrestling promotions. And um, so I just didn't understand why that situation had to escalate. And it was very simple. It was just, hey, you know, it's not going to work out. Sorry. I'd like to use you on future dates. Then you respond that way. So I just said, all right, you know what? It's not worth my time. We don't need that level of drama. Just release the rest of the dates and fuck off. Yeah. I, again, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. And that's the unfortunate thing about <clears throat> this business, right? When one side is shared for the world, it automatically yep. becomes judge, jury, and executioner. There is no chance for the not guilty to be proven not guilty. Again, blur everything out, but the one line that makes you look kind of tangibly incorrect in the way yeah. things are done. And now that we're in an oversensitized society, and I've said this many a times, keyboard warriors love it. I've had people like, there was, I'll, I'll be completely ambidextrous. There was an incident where uh, the Dirty Heels, I love those guys. They posted the Nia Jax photo of the jackass, in my opinion, again, my opinion, holding the sign that says Nia Jax is that guy's father. And he paid, I don't know, let's say upwards of $150 to $200 for that ticket. He was three rows from the ring. And right after that sign was shown on national TV and Nia caught the heat. She did what she did. She kind of just, you know, fuck you. And she carried on with the match. Uh, not Nia Jack, sorry, Nia Rose, my apology. Nia Rose on AEW. Mm -hmm. They escorted him out. So when the Dirty Heels posted uh, that photo, they captioned it, ignorance at its finest. And because they're my boys, I like that photo. And I, I yeah. completely said, I go, wrestling needs to get rid of these fans. Then because yes. that post got a lot of heat on Instagram and it grew and it grew and it grew, you had people that aren't even their followers coming at me. I had one person call me an overweight, bald, uh, uh, inbred hick from Canada. Well, first off, uh, we're not a third world country. We no. we're right fucking next door to you. Uh, we have just as much technology and intelligence and ability as you do. So for you to throw out the country that I come from and then also tie in inbred with it makes absolutely no sense. Um, none, none at all. Uh, and stuff like that. And he just kept going, going, uh, shut your fat mouth, do the, do yourself a favor, put a shotgun in your mouth, pull the trigger. I was just like, all I said was wrestling fans like this need to disappear and then you have all yeah. these people who aren't wrestling fans that just love to hide behind a keyboard and talk a bunch of shit. So I had enough. I deleted my comment and I, I just went about my day because I'm not going to yeah. continually have these notifications pop up where people are going to try to belittle or, or, or shame me in any way. Oh, am I a big guy? Yes, I am. I like food. There's nothing wrong with that. Am I balding? Yeah. I have two fucking daughters. They stress me out. Fucking right. <laughs> I'm balding. I don't care. But for you to attack me that way because I stated an opinion, and again, I didn't say everyone on this post agrees with me. I just stated my truth, my opinion, and you want to attack. And that automatically, again, the internet is great for promoting and sharing all kinds of amazing things. But the negativity like that make it a very toxic and very mentally draining process. Would you not agree? I agree 100%. And I felt like I prepared myself for it because I work in film and television. And that's pretty much where all of this stuff starts from. It all originates from film and TV with the Hollywood actors and actresses and blah, blah, blah. Oh no, whatever. Um, so I thought I was prepared for it, but I guess I really never experienced it. And I also, I don't know 
who is Gabby Ortiz? Somebody with five or 5,000 followers on Instagram at the time probably has 10 or 20 now, like big fucking deal. Who, who is she going to, uh, who's going to find out from her that's going to affect us negatively? Like I just, uh, I thought it was a nothing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then 10 other people jump on board and it's like, okay, why is business even being publicized anyway? Uh, there was no hard feelings. It was, hey, you came to do the job. We thanked you. We paid you. You left. Okay, we can't do it, you know, again for whatever reason. That's it. So it's just stupid things like that um, that I think hurt us at the wrong time because we had just started. We are just starting. We had monumental attention on our first show. Like I could tell you our in-house ticket sales from inception to catalyst doubled but our live streams decreased and i think a lot of it had to do with social media and things like that um another one that hurt us going into global festival didn't really hurt us but just in general i think anyone affiliated um chris levin the referee we were working with him for a long time you know everybody in the northeast professional wrestling scene in the u.s is like oh chris levin's the best referee Okay, fine. Whatever. Seems like a, a nice guy, a bit of a sociopath, honestly. It's got that weird, like, when people just have that stare when they're talking to you and just they say a bunch of words that mean absolutely nothing. You always are like, hmm. So anyway, that was that's the type. And um, so one of the guys that is involved behind the scenes with the company, um, not my partner, um, another one, he was the one who usually spoke to him and set everything up with him. And he was supposed to get us a ring for Global Festival, the two-night show. And in exchange for the ring, we were going to let him use the venue at House of Independence for 45 minutes to film, tape a couple matches for his company, Camp, Camp Leapfrog or something like that. Doesn't sound like a wrestling company, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like a stupid kid's game at the freaking park down the street. It sounds like a summer camp game. All right, all right. All right, Cootie Kai Campers, come on. Let's yeah. go. We're going to play Camp Leapfrog. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like. You're right. It absolutely does. Does not yeah, sound like hop, a legitimate organization. Hopscotch and Camp Leapfrog. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. And he was supposed to, he says he has a ring. Oh, yeah. You know, I got a, an 18 foot ring. Uh, no problem. I'll donate the ring for the weekend if you give me like 45 minutes. And okay. So that's back and forth between Alex and I. Um, and then, Later on when we're getting, I'm going to say like a month out from the show, something like that. I still haven't heard like the final details on this. And I'm like, we got to button this stuff up because I like to have everything ready to go early. Otherwise, I'm pulling my hair out. Uh, I can tell you I've got like one gray hair for each GSW show. I counted last month and I'm like, oh, shit, there's exactly that many gray hairs. Oh, no. Um so, and I'm, wor- I'm worried now because we have a lot of episodes of high voltage that that's going to translate to, but thankfully not yet. So I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, it's Brandon, the owner of GSW. Uh, I just wanted to get some information, you know, finalize that you're bringing the ring in exchange for this and just went over everything that he had discussed um, with the other one. And he was saying, well, I don't own the ring. My friend does. And I think maybe we could like split it or something, whatever the deal was. And I'm like, but you said you own the ring. Like three text messages ago, even with me, not even to the other person, you said you own the ring. Now it's somebody else who owns the ring. 
Okay. Uh, well, you know, he promised me a full show. Like I could sell tickets and stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? You could sell tickets. No, you were going to do an empty room taping. I have the messages between you guys right here. And he's like, oh, this is, we're not going to be able to do business. You're lying to us, blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Um, I'm just trying to work this out with you here. And the longer you wait, the more I'm just going to book stuff because, I, I don't think this is going anywhere. So then he takes to social media or whatever. And then a month or two later, you find out he's like abusing his girlfriend or something and beat the shit out of her. I don't know what happened, but it's wrestling drama. Wrestling drama ensues. I think that's the way to say it. Yeah, that is the way to say it. And again, right, when when social media is a great tool, when it's used the right way, but when it's used to, uh, isn't it funny how something so positive uh, in certain ways can be kind of not spread so quickly, but something negative could just like a wildfire, man, like a California wildfire. It could, you mm-hmm. could go to sleep and there's one view you can wake up, wake up and there's 50,000 views. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And why is something yeah. like this getting national attention? And as a society, as a member of this society, I have to wonder why, even though we're also very much enlightened and we're also very much, we understand right from wrong. We're taught that actually at a very early age. It's one of the first lessons we learn even before you walk and you talk and you learn to go to the bathroom. Mom and dad are always telling you, no, no, don't put that in your mouth. That's wrong. Don't touch that. That's sharp. Don't go here. Yeah, you can play with that toy. Go ahead. Sure, you can watch mommy's phone, daddy's phone. You learn these things so quickly. You learn right and wrong. But yet we still feed, like as a society, I find almost find it that we, we still love negativity and i don't i don't know why i just that's something that i'll still scratch my head at i think it doesn't get the reaction that positivity does and that might be a lot of why people feed into it because okay this person goes out of his way to help this person the the weird video of like the dog that saved their owner's life from like a train coming on to hit him or something okay that video gets shared like a million times but like the random guy who just helps the old lady cross the street or whatever. They don't get any information. They're like nothing. They're just, I did a good deed for the day, but Oh, did you see what John did in the office yesterday? What? He was talking to the boss. Was he saying shit about us? I don't know. Was he all of a sudden you're like, Oh, now I want to know what happened next. It's like, all right, well, I mean, that's kind of like wrestling. Like I can't just, you can't have two people go out on a show and just shake hands and have a good match. You can't do that anymore because it doesn't sell tickets. But if you have like the wrestler's ex-girlfriend come out and now she's sleeping with the other guy and all like, oh, it's a soap opera. I got to see what happens next week. Is she going to punch him in the face? Is he going to punch her in the face? Oh, no, she's a transgender. She's going to beat the shit out of him or something. I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. And it's 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 just, it's a head shaker. I just wish that wrestling fans could be like we were when we were kids. You had your good guys, yeah. you had your bad guys. You had the guys you loved, the guys you hated, even if you loved the bad guy. It was okay to love the bad guy. But just enjoy it for what it is. Understand that this is a choreographed art form. These men and women put their bodies on the line because what they do is very real and very dangerous. And just know that there's always one outcome. Either good beats bad or bad beats good. That's it. That's it. That's, so, that's literally wrestling. 
Yeah, it's either David beats Goliath or Goliath beats David. And tune in next week to see which one's going to win. One thing that I find really interesting, and uh, hopefully it's taken as advice and not a critique to the professional wrestlers that are out there in the world. I can't tell you how bombarded I am with emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, like how people are able to find even my personal contacts that's not out there on the internet. It, the amount of research that must have gone into finding out how to contact me is pretty extensive. Um, so I appreciate it. And I'll engage with certain people. And okay. You did. You engaged yeah. with me right away. Yeah. No, but I mean wrestlers. Um, and I'll say the first thing I always say to them is, who are you? What's your gimmick? And, oh, you know, I, I could, I could, uh, I'm a tweener. I work, you know, I work heel, I work face. I work, I could do whatever you need. What are you? Uh, well, you know, like I said, I could do either one. Okay. You're not answering my question. Who are you? How can I put you on my show? Well, you know, like I said, I could do, I said, okay, I run a company that's based on good guys and bad guys, heels and faces. Who are you? How can I put you on my show? If you just, oh, I could do anything. Okay, well, who's your character? And they're like, I'm like, so for instance, there's a spot on our show for a baby face. I needed a baby face because honestly, we don't have a lot of baby faces. They, you know, to find somebody like Geo is a diamond in the rough because everybody wants to be the bad guy. Well, also, to be honest, it's harder to be the good guy. It's so easy to go out there and be a dick. I could cut a heel promo right now and piss off everybody. It's not hard. But to actually get people to genuinely care about me, not only through my words, but through my physicality and what I do in the ring, that is an art form. I personally think people are scared to be a babyface because they know it's too fucking hard. Um, they always say it's harder to make someone laugh than it is to make someone cry. And that's why it's so hard to be a comedian and it's really easy to do like soap opera drama bullshit in film and television. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, sorry to go off on that tangent. Uh, the moral of the story is, so this one wrestler contacted us and wanted to, you know, fill in the slot that we had somebody who could work tweener. Okay. I need a baby face. Oh, I could do that. Okay. Well, who's your character? Tell me about him. Hmm. That sounds like a heel. So where are we going? Um, you just because you have a character and you're able to do things that a face does. Do you even know the difference? And this is the problem. If you actually go and sit in a professional wrestling class in 2022, or honestly, for the last 10 years, I think my generation was the last one that really was trained by the old school people who say, no, you're a heel. Everything has to be animated. You're a face. Everything has to be controlled. It's totally different. When you're a face and a heel, you sell differently. It is a total different experience. The face, oh, they're getting beaten down. They're getting beaten down. They're getting beaten down. Well, when they make their comeback and finally punch the bad guy in the face, they, when the bad guy gets hit, oh, Jesus, then that gets the fans excited. It's a totally different art that nobody takes into consideration. Mm -hmm. So when I ask somebody, if you're a face or a heel, you need to know that because 
I run a professional wrestling company. I know the message I want people to see. If you don't know the message that you want people to see, then I can't work with you. It's that simple. Because if you haven't figured yourself out, I can't figure it out for you. And I'm not going to say that it's been evident on probably all of our shows who has figured it out and who hasn't. But there are definitely clear indicators of that on our shows, every single one of them, and everybody else in the professional wrestling industry, that it's like that. And honestly, I think everybody should go back to school and learn from real professionals in the industry because it is such a lost art form and what has caused wrestling to be at an all-time low in terms of ratings and people who find it entertaining and actually want to tune in every week and watch. So that's an interesting concept. So like we're, we're talking about the wrestler knowing their own identity and how they want to portray themselves. But what you're, what, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that right now uh, with the certain organizations, and you can obviously tell there's one I like more than the other clearly right behind me. It's not a secret. It's all out there. It's all out there. Uh, I yeah. enjoy, I've always said this. I enjoy the talent and I enjoyed some of the matches. Not all the matches are great. Sometimes I flip the channel because that match is not entertaining me. So I'll change and then I'll go back for the next one. But I always, I mean, any, any wrestling fan who bitches and complains as much as wrestling fans do, because that's what we all do. We always bitch and complain. Oh, yeah. Even when somebody gets it right, we still complain because we're used to complaining. So when somebody gets mm-hmm. it right, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. They did that right, but, but I don't like this and I didn't like that. And it's just because it's ingrained in us to bitch and moan because that's all we've mm-hmm. ever known for a very long time is complaining. Yeah. But you always blame the booking. You always blame the booker. You always say the booking on this was trash. They booked him this way. When in actuality, and I've never thought about it from this side. So this is great because you learn something new every day. And thank God for evolution. Because if you stop evolving and stop learning, right. what's the point of being here? So it's really comes down to identity and knowing who you are and how to portray that person. And I think you're right. It's so much easier to be the bad guy. It's so much to go out to any random city and say, hello, Wisconsin. You suck. Instant reaction. What has what has every heel done in history? You go to Wisconsin. All right, what's the team that they hate in professional sports? Okay, let's rag on them. That's it. It's like, oh, okay, everybody boos them. How fucking cheap is that, honestly? Like, it's so stupidly easy. I could go up there and be like, and then everybody's going to boo. Okay, you walk out there. I'm better than each and every single one of you. Boo, we don't like that. Well, what are you going to do to actually get a reaction as a good guy? How are you act? What are you going to do? Go out there and save a kitten? It's a lot harder than you think. You're not just going to be able to save a kitten in, in, in the middle of a show. That's, I mean, I guess you could, but if you pre filmed the vignette honest, and then aired it, you could. <laughs> or does that just feel like overly produced fakeness to try and get you to like somebody? That's the other problem. What your actual answer is 100%. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem you run into. And I honestly don't think I could answer the question uh, of how to get people to really genuinely and sincerely like me as a performer. I don't think I know how, but I know who can do it and I can see it. And if they have that it factor, they're the people I'm pushing. Gio was the perfect example of that. Um, I don't know how, but anytime he was in a match, people genuinely loved him. I don't even know why. I I liked him when I saw him the first time. I don't know why. He's just a nice guy. And then you see him. He's always happy. 24 hours a day. I've never seen the guy angry at anything. It's weird. I am not a... 
once because I said I liked a particular topping on my pizza and he looked at me that I had three heads. I and I bet he topic, was still... I'm not even going to repeat mm-hmm. the topic because I don't want to get heat from Gio because I know he's going to watch this. <laughs> but when I said the topic, he actually looked at me. He, he was smiling. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just, like, the jaw just dropped and I could actually... Mm-hmm. I think he was sitting on a lever couch. I could feel... Mm-hmm. Like, you know when you see, feel somebody get up and there's that, that screeching sound? I could feel yep. like he was grabbing the leather and he was trying to hold back his fists because he was going to try to come through the iPad and fucking strangle me. And I bet he was still nice about it. He was. He was. He was a genuine sweet. See? He absolutely was. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I just can't imagine. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's really my point. But I'd like to go a step further mm-hmm. and, and kind of pick at you a little bit because I completely disagree with the company that you prefer. And I'd like to ask you, what is your favorite match of all time? Mine, my favorite match of all time. And in any company, anywhere in the world, what is your favorite professional wrestling match of all time and why? I mean, I know the match that made me fall in love with wrestling, but I have to say one of my favorite matches that still gets me to this day would be Sasha versus Bailey at the first NXT Brooklyn. That one okay. gave me everything. And that was one of the matches, the, one of the matches I can remember now, actually tearing up when Bailey held that title up for the first time. Why? I felt genuine emo- because I wanted so much for her to slay the giant. I wanted her to finally beat Sasha and show everybody the skill that I knew she had. And she finally was able to get that one up and go out there and give us everything and leave it all out there. And I, excuse me, I agree with you completely. And that is the exact reason why I don't like your favorite company. Because I don't think they have yet to produce anything that can actually make you emote in response. I think it's all spur of the moment, like, oh, look who's back. And then nothing really gets there was nothing done there. And there has been, don't get me wrong. There has been some great storylines in AEW. Um, but I don't think I could ever say that a match there has gotten me emotional. Uh, no, I can not agree with in- you on that. I've fallen in love with stars. I've respected mm-hmm. stars. Like I, I'm a big fan of Darby. Even before Darby got signed there, I followed yeah. his journey on the Indies. I, I love what he does and how he does it. I'm a Sting yep. Mark. You and I talked about mm-hmm. the guys we oh, like. Yeah. My two favorites all time, Sting and Triple H. WCW mm. OG, uh, WWE, not really an OG, but a legend in his own right. So right. that's that's where I, I gravitate towards. I, I actually love the ultimate babyface, and I love one of the best heels in the business ever, in my opinion, and nobody will ever change my mind about that. But I don't disagree. I, I, I find myself more now, especially since starting the podcast, I gravitate more towards the indies. I'll catch a dynamite here and there. I will watch every pay-per-view. But is my heart fully invested? Not really. There's a lot of matches that I call the uh, get up and refill your popcorn match. Or I'm going to go outside for a smoke because this is the match where I know I could have 10 minutes, disappear, come back, and I still know the outcome. And you're right. These guys got a lot of work to do before they actually can Mm -hmm. get me to shed some kind of emotion where I can stand up. And I could, like, I remember going to one of my first events as an adult. I went to 2008 mm-hmm. Unforgiven. Edge versus mm-hmm. John Cena in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. 
one of and, the greatest feuds in WWE history. I don't care what anybody says. 100%. And I remember being John Cena Mark because I was the guy in the crowd. Everybody was cheering Edge. And when John Cena came out, me and this drunk guy that was three rows in front of me, we looked at each other and we were like, like we were just so pumped. Yep. And when Cena threw Edge. Was that the FU through the two tables? Through the two tables. I stood mm-hmm. up and I was like, holy shit. And then you see at the end, like he pulls the belt out. He's walking away and Cena's pissed. And he's pissed because for the first time ever, you saw a baby face, John Cena, break character and lose his cool in that match. Because mm-hmm. the crowd was supposed to be behind them. But because in Canada, we're always behind the Canadian boy. The fans were hyped up for Edge. So for the first yeah. time and only time ever, if you rewatch that match, you see John Cena break character multiple times during that match. Yep. Because mm-hmm. he didn't understand and he let he let the fans get in his head. Now, this is a man who's had mm-hmm. fans chanting, you suck and Cena sucks and everything. And, you know, you know, never don't give up, you know, uh, stand above hate, all that stuff. He does yep. everything right. He's the modern day Hulk Hogan. You know, drink your Ovaltine, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. But yeah. for that day, for that minute in time, he was the heel. Canada yep. didn't want to have anything to do with John Cena, except for me and the drunk yep. guy. Me and the drunk guy, yeah. I was also drunk too. So that might have been my <laughs> fault as well. But we were, yeah, exactly. about, we were all about John Cena that night. But he broke character. Right. Night. Yeah. And same thing, one night stand 06 against RVD. Here's the quintessential baby face. Throw him in a Philadelphia crowd. Or I guess New York. They what was it? Hammerstein? Whatever. But it was RVD's hometown. ECW EC fucking W. And you knew he was going to be the heel in that match. He was ter I think he was terrified going out there. He said it in some interview, but okay. that's and that's, you know, you think about like one of my favorites of all time, Shawn Michaels. I, I apologize. Um and that was one who, like Gio, in my opinion, was somebody who, no matter where he was, except Canada, um, was always <laughs> the baby face that you just sympathized with. And when he did the I Lost My Smile promo, I fucking cried when I was a kid and saw that. When he came out and had the match against Undertaker, like, I wanted him to be the one that broke the streak. I'm like, this is Sean. He's going to retire. He retired. I fucking cried my eyes out. When Edge retired, I cried my eyes out. Like there was actual emotion built into these characters. Daniel Bryan, I cried my eyes out. Yeah, exactly. But nothing he's done in AEW has caused any emotional response from me. Yes, he's had great matches. wanting to know what's with that ponytail. Like just shave it. Yeah. Cut it. Like this, you can't grow it anymore, buddy. You're in your 40s. Yeah. You can't. It's not growing anymore. Yeah. The problem is I think AEW wants to be like the Indies meets Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that you could be unless you are one of those things. And then that's what you are. Um, we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to bring a high quality in-ring product back to the United States. And that's what we did but I can't hire somebody who doesn't know what they want to do because then I'm just bringing out somebody who's going to do whatever the fuck they want. And now, okay, I have a couple of matches that just don't fit in with what our company image is. I hate to say it, but 
I don't really like modern WWE wrestling or AEW. And it's because, but they stick with their brand. WWE presents this Hollywood style polished product with really poor storytelling. Okay. That's your, that's your image. And everybody fits in that line. AEW presents like the Indies on steroids with a hint of Japanese flair. Okay. That's what they present. And I understand that that's the company image. Um, and that was one issue that GSW had was this is what we're going to present. And then we couldn't find enough people that fit in that image. So then we had a bunch of like random shit that didn't fit in with our brand. Right. And then when you, when you kind of peel back all the random shit and you do find that meat and potatoes, you're like, this is great. This is this, this could make the difference, but sometimes it's too little too late and the difference is long gone. So yeah, does the roster know? I mean, you've made the you made the announcement with us, and I thank you for giving Straight Talk the exclusive, but does the mm-hmm. roster know? And how did some members of the roster take it? Like, I know you guys are very close with Geo. Uh, you know, you got Hammerstone as your 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 face of your company, your champion. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got Davey Richards in there for a few matches, for sure. Uh, Masha Slamovich was a staple there for a long time. Probably still would have been, regardless of the impact contract. I know Deanna, mm-hmm. you guys have a good yeah. relationship with Deanna and stuff like that. So what did the roster, how did the roster take it? knowing that, you know, GSW is on hiatus for an unbeknownst amount of time. So uh, there was a little bit of backlash, um, not really in general, just a couple people that were like, you know, I wish maybe we could have figured out a way to try and squeeze by and run the show, which, you know, I understand why they would want to do that. But as the owner of the company, there are decisions that go beyond like, you know, the the idea of the show must go on. You also need to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And there is a time and a place and looking at the big picture, which is an issue for a lot of small picture people. uh, And I'm not naming names by any means. Um, But when you look at the big picture, it makes sense to take a step back, rebuild, reevaluate and come back stronger than ever. And that is something that's more important. Uh, so that way we don't tarnish our own legacy because that's really important and something that's been done time and time and time and time and time again. And, and we want to be careful of that, but in general, everyone's understood. And, you know, to be honest, most of our people are not really like, how many bookings did we honestly give them? You know, they're not signed to, to big contracts with us. And an issue that we face, having so many people that are signed to television deals or deals with big companies that we bring on, it's great to have them there. But it's really difficult to schedule because I can't commit until a month or two before your show. Well, fuck, I already released dates for six months. Okay, well, I guess I can't have all my stars on the show but this is the roster that we built. So, okay. GSW is known for these, you know, 20 people or whatever. And I can only have five or 10 of them at a time. You know, it was great when we started because of COVID half of those companies weren't running. So it was so easy to get anybody you wanted. Then all of a sudden everybody started running again frequently. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, I think I could make, you know, we want to try to run monthly. All right. Well, I can make the third and the eighth show. Ooh, how do I write a storyline for that? How do we create anything that's that's useful here? Like, it's a catastrophe. So, you know, as much as it as it as it was great, I think one of those things to step back and reevaluate on is it's you kind of have to be careful with how many TV people you use. And 
to put them as your primary focal points in stories, maybe not the best idea. It may be better to special attraction match. All right, we got these two here. Look who's coming into town. All right, cool. Awesome. We got them. Um, but to rely on somebody for every single show may not be the best idea. Absolutely. And see, this is the thing that a lot of people don't like the fans don't see all the stuff that goes behind the scenes. And it's not politics. It's just a promoter trying to figure out yeah. how to book the best product that he can. But like you said, when you have those challenges of having people who are on MLW, people who mm -hmm. are on impact, all these things, and they can't book because guess what? They're signed to these organizations and those organizations get prime booking first. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. You want to go to New York for a global festival? Sorry, I need you in Charlotte for three days. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Can't happen. Yep. So, and then that's the thing. So, uh, and, and taking a step back, like you said, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You're not folding them. You're holding them for now. We're going to reevaluate. We're going to restructure. We're going to revamp mm -hmm. and we're going to come back stronger. Uh, are you looking at full-time indie guys within your geographical area that might be a little bit more tailor-made because they're still a little bit unpolished and haven't got those TV opportunities yet? So, yes. The idea also falls into what happens as we're building those people. So, okay. Um, honestly, I'll just give you two prime examples. Masha and Wrecking Ball. Neither of them were signed anywhere when they started with us at the time. And we put them in very high profile matches on our show and gave them opportunities where they could really showcase what they could do, whether, you know, they were able to pull out the victory or not. As those matches got a lot of views, um, and I am not saying that it's exclusively because of the situations that we put them in in GSW, but I'm sure it helped to a degree, as did every other promotion that's hired them for whatever. Then they got picked up before maybe some of the things we wanted to do with them were finished. So where do we go from there? Um, then we fall into that situation with the NWA and Impact. Well, now we have conflicts and, well, we need our champion at the show. So that's the, the trade-off is you have a big-name person who's already signed. You know that their dates might be an issue because of their commitments to their company, of course. Then you have the local people who are not really known yet, and then you make them known. Or they get known during the process of you trying to build them, and then they get signed away. So as a small independent company, you always run the risk of losing people to any major company. It's just something that's going to happen. And to be honest, I am so happy for them and proud of them that they are where they are now because I do feel some sense of pride in like, I saw their talent maybe before some of the big companies did. And maybe I was a small part of what helped them get to that stage. I don't know. Uh, but I'm so happy for them. And I, I wish we were around longer to be able to do that for more people. Um, but it is something taking a step back and looking at it as the business person that I am really fucking sucks. Like how do you run a sustainable business where you're building somebody up all of a sudden they, they get a massive win and become a champion and then they're gone. Ask Paul Heyman with ECW. 
man, every, I don't know how he did it, dude. Like, I think I'm pretty good at booking talent. Um, but every week, all right, Benoit, all right, Eddie Guerrero, all right, whatever, just gone, 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 gone. It's, all right, I built this guy, he's gone, built that guy, gone, up, gone too. Oh, shit. And uh, that that's part of the Andy hustle, man. That's that's what you got to do. And uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll be back when we can. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it too, because I know you, like I said, I know you uh, like this in front of the camera in the professional capacity of podcaster and guest, but I also know you behind the camera and I know the genuine human being you are. And I know um, I know exactly, uh, you know, the ups and downs that you face on a regular basis, whether it be the wrestling organization or the film stuff or anything personal that may happen. But another cool thing that happened to you during the uh, pandemic, and this is good news, you got married. You tied the knot. Yeah, I did. She, you locked her down. Actually, mm-hmm. she. I think she, she locked me down. Yeah, she yeah. did you a favor. She was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes to you because I see potential. No, but how? No, was- I think she said yes because she saw that I was an unhinged animal that needed to be tamed. <laughs> so how how has married life been treating you? Wonderful, man. Um, I couldn't pick somebody who's been more supportive of me and all of my decisions, whether they are a good idea, totally stupid, um, fiscally irresponsible or just emotionally irresponsible. So uh, and I think that's like the most important thing you could have in a partner is support, because whatever she wants to do, I support her. And whatever I do, she supported me every step of the way. And that's something I never had in my life before. So I am thankful for it. And that's how I knew she was the one. Absolutely. I, uh, I've had that for 20 years and man, oh man, has she, uh, has she been a rock? You know, we've, we've made it through ups and downs, peaks and valleys. I always say this love is a flat line. Love is that heartbeat. It goes up, it goes down. It's, it's challenges. Yep. It's how you weather those storms together. And, uh, she weathered me at my lowest lows. She weathered me at my highest highs. She re- weathered the evolution of George. Cause I assure you the man that you see before you now is not the man I was seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. I went on a very therapeutic journey with myself and with the help of some great doctors uh, to better myself as a person. Super angry all the time. Now, not so much. Now I smile a lot more. I didn't realize I had so many teeth. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> They're there. They're there. They yeah. are. They're not just for chewing. You can show them off. It's amazing. It's incredible. But um, without her sticking behind me, her making me a father, because uh, gave him birth to, like I said, I love my daughter to death, but my hair doesn't, but I do. I love them. Yeah. But um, she's made me a better man. And she's always, and even with the podcast, like it's going to be six years in September, six years that I've been on this journey. And when I've had my doubts, I'm like, man, I'm just tired. I'm going to hang it up. You know, I'm not getting any guests. Nobody comes back to me. She's like, just give it a few more days. And all of a sudden, boom, yeah. six, seven bookings. And she's like, see, I told yep. you, I told you, yeah. you just got to be patient. And uh, it's because of her that I've been able to develop relationships with yourself and call you a good friend. And uh, someone that's like family. Because when you remember the Straight Talk family, you are that, your family. And, and one, oh, one more it. question before we go. And we're going to play that game, obviously, before we go, too. But one more question. Um, when you come back, uh, whenever that, the time is right and, you, and you're ready to fly that flag again, will it still be GSW? Or will you rebrand the name completely and come out as a new, if you will, a phoenix rising from the ashes? This was what it was. This is now what it is. Personally, I love the name um, because I'm not even thinking about it yet, to be completely honest with you. I don't want to commit to an answer either way, but 
I don't know. I love our history. I love our name. I don't see why I would change it, but I also don't hate the idea if it seems like it makes sense to come back under a new banner. I don't know. Well, whatever you choose to do, I know it'll be fantastic. And I know that you will pour your blood, sweat, and tears into it and make it everything that you can make it. And uh, for anybody who's ever really wanted to know the, the other side, the behind the curtain side that we don't know. Yeah, we know the powers that be. We know the big time bookers, but you don't know the challenges that the rest of the bookers face. And this was a great insight from the, you know, social media backlash on things, from things of just working with someone to unfortunately having to cancel because opinions were stated of that person and having the negative backlash to all these things, the challenges of having stars built up, then signed, and you having to scramble and being like, what am I going to do now? This has been a fantastic, another addition to our conversational uh, repertoire, if you will, our wheel of conversations. And now the game. So the game is very simple. I'm going to throw out a movie star and you have 10 seconds to list as many movies as you can for the movie star. Do you think we can do that? I think we can. We could try. I wish me good luck. I don't watch a lot of American movies. Well, I I might throw a curveball at you or two. You never know. Okay. I'm ready for a curveball. All right, here we go. So we're going to put 15 seconds on the clock. So 15 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Born ready. Okay. Jet Lee. Jet Lee, uh, defender, uh, hero. Um, mm, uh, shit, my favorite movie of all time. I'm forgetting the name that he did. Uh, damn it, Fearless. Um, and that's what it. was the one in the? You got yeah, three. you got three. That wasn't yeah. bad. That wasn't bad. And was uh, wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. All right. Uh, another question. I'm going to reset this. Another question. Uh, this is not a movie question, but I know you watch your anime, and I know you love your Dragon Ball Z. So. Uh-oh. How many characters do you think you can name in 15 seconds? Are you ready? Just any character? Just name any Dragon Ball Z characters. Even if they were a one-off, they still count because they were a character. Okay? Okay. Ready? Here we Mm -hmm. go. Goku, Gohan, Frieza, Cell, Piccolo, Tien, Shinhan, Yamcha, Poir, um, King Kai, North Kai, East Kai, West Kai, uh, Majin Buu, Super Boo, uh, Kid Boo, um, Oob, um, Raditz, Tien. <laughs> you named 25 in 15 seconds. That ain't bad, my man. That ain't bad. I'm a mark. What can I say? All right. And uh, I guess the final question. Uh, actually, this is not a final question. This is more of what I like to call forced Mount Rushmore. I'm going to throw out five wrestlers to you from different spectrums, different eras, different companies, and you're going to rank them one to five, one being the worst and five being the best. Okay, one to five, five is the best? Five is the best. Okay. Because I always like the big numbers to be the best. I don't Number, okay. number one is not good for me. It's got to be five, five. Four, That's fine. It's called Force Mount Rushmore. Okay, here we go. Here's what I'm going to throw out. I'm going to throw out Somebody from the 80s, one of my personal favorites. I know he may or may not have murdered his wife, but Superfly Jimmy Snuka, that's going to be one of them, okay? Okay. Uh, somebody from the uh, the 80s, say 90s, Roddy Piper, okay? Hold on. Some, I'm going to write these down. <laughs> okay, so Superfly, Snuka. Roddy, Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. Okay, and then from the Attitude Era, I'm going to give you somebody who I resonated with because he's one of my all-time favorites, but Triple H. Okay. Uh, from the 2000s, I'm going to give you John Cena. Okay. And from the, the 2010s to 2020, actually for modern day, 
I'll give you Darby Allen. So there's your five. Okay. Now to be just so I'm clear, am I ranking them based purely on wrestling ability or as a whole package? You're, you're ranking them however you see them, whether it be whole package or wrestling ability. Like, no, let's go whole package. Whole package. Okay. Checking every box. Okay. I would say, let's see, five, the best would be John Cena. Then I would go Roddy Piper, tr- uh, Triple H, Darby Allen, and Superfly Snooker. Okay. And I, I'm not going to ask any reasons why. That's the personal opinion. That's the great thing about Force Mount Rushmore. So I got to say, though, I don't know. Listen, if anybody could comment below, but if you could time yourself at 15 seconds and name more than 25 guys from 25 characters from Dragon Ball, when GSW does come back, free tickets to you. And the great thing about that contest is we don't have any timeline of when that's going to happen. <laughs> so they'll forget by the time it happens. Thank God. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> right. And uh, you know what? And I also know that because um, we've talked a lot about movies off camera as well. I know that you recently wrapped uh, production on your first, your first featured needles and I've seen mm-hmm. a rough cut and I'm so excited to see more, but I know you told mm-hmm. me that there's a little bit of editing kerfuffles right now, but guys, when needles drops, check it out. It is phenomenal. And uh, man, I can't wait to see how like, he basically showed me like a good 45 minutes and now it's getting really good. And I don't know what the fuck's happening. And it's like, it's like, and, no, and I waiting. stopped. <laughs> yeah. You're waiting for like season one ends and you're waiting for season two. And then you find out season two is like three years away and you're like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that long. No, I know be it's not be that three, four long. months. So, Brandon, where can they follow you? Where can they hit you up with any wrestling questions or ideas? Because, like I said, you have one hell of a mind for the business as well as the entertainment side, which I think is fantastic because you bring it all together so well. Where on social media, if you want them to, can they find you? And, guys, don't go searching for his real number and real <laughs> address. Leave the, motherf- leave the man alone. It's totally fine. I don't care. Um, I'll block you if I don't like you. Um, you can still contact the GSW social media. So at fight GSW on Instagram at GSW underscore pro on Twitter and um, Twitter. I won't respond to cause I don't uh, manage the Twitter, the Instagram. I do get the messages. So I would see it. Uh, my email Brandon at GSW pro. I don't plan on getting rid of that, even though it costs money. I don't really care. It's only five bucks a month or whatever. Um, or you can hit me up on my personal Instagram or Facebook, uh, Brandon Iscari. And, um, I think it's the same on Instagram at Brandon Iscari, something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation and you know, we're going to do it all over again. Even if you want to come back on the show and not do anything wrestling related, we could just run the gauntlet of directors. We can go from the Asian influence. We can go Westernized. We can even go, you know, international. I'm all about that stuff. I've got uh, a bunch of useless Uncle John's film knowledge, if you will, that I love to get out every now and again. So if you want to come back and do like a film, I don't know, a film trilogy, three hours split into one hour each because we're not going to go for a full three hours. We'll give it a break. and then No, we probably would. We'll go on this epic journey together. I think it'll be great. Ah, look, anytime I'll talk about the, the German expressionist, French new wave, Italian neorealism. We could go down every genre of film and uh, dissect it, make some recommendations and probably talk shit about it along the way. Absolutely. We're going to talk shit. That's what a lot of film fans do. Just like wrestling fans. We love to talk the shit. That's how it is. It's the same. It is. It really is the same. As always, guys, I am your host, your boy, George Mackay. Peace. 
And I mean peace in a real way, peace across everything. Just find what you love, be passionate about it, be happy, because negativity never wins. Fight the demon inside. Peace over everything. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.